This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.36 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Philip C. and Wong Xiaoning. We have the opening bell in about half an hour where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But before that, we're turning our attention to headlines on the justice system. The legal fraternity convened in Putrajaya on Monday for the opening of the legal year 2024, where the top minds of the field delivered remarks on various judicial issues. Chief Justice Tun Tanku Maimun Tuan Mat expressed concern that the judiciary is often unfairly portrayed as the villain over actions or inactions of other stakeholders in the justice system, which could undermine public confidence in the legal system. Meanwhile, Attorney General Dato Ahmad Tarudin Mohamed Saleh raised eyebrows when he asserted that under the federal constitution, he is not duty-bound to furnish a reason to anyone on why criminal charges are made or dropped midway. So ultimately, the constitutional functions of the judiciary and the public prosecutor are intertwined in the pursuit of justice, But how can we find the right balance to promote transparency and fortify their independence? For some insights on this, we have on the line with us constitutional lawyer New Sin Yu. Sin Yu, good morning. Always good to have you on the show. Let's start with the comments made by the Chief Justice. Uh, She said uh, that the judiciary was unfairly blamed when the public prosecutor decides to withdraw charges. Help us unpack this issue. What should the public understand about the limitations of the court in prosecutorial actions. Hey, thanks for having me. So to provide a bit of context here, um, as we all know, back in uh, 5 February 2023, uh, some politicians have sought to wrongly attribute the withdrawal of Zahid's case uh, as that of the judiciary. So the public uh, was uh, in a way misled to think that this was a court's decision instead of the public prosecutor. And I think uh, two things the public should know here. First, the role of the judiciary and the public prosecutor. Uh, We have an adversarial system of justice. So this means that the court plays the role of a referee or or an arbiter while the prosecution presents its case against the accused. Uh, It is not the court's role to prosecute the accused. Uh, If the prosecution does not want to continue the case against the accused, the court cannot say that you must continue because the court, uh, the court's job really is to listen and decide not to ensure prosecution. And, and this leads to my second point. Uh, that is the role of the courts and the prosecution uh, being reflected uh, under the law and, and uh, what the law says. So Section 254 of the Korean Procedure Code, it provides that in such a situation uh, where the uh, public prosecutor may at any time choose to continue uh, or rather discontinue with the prosecution, the court can either do one of two things. The first is to discharge the accused, not amounting to acquittal, that's popularly known as uh, DNAA, or to discharge and accuse the accused, uh, that's known as uh, DAA. So in both uh, outcomes, the accused does not have any any case hanging over his head. So the reality is that the court really have no choice in this matter um, but to discharge the accused under the law. And uh, that is uh, really the decision of the executive and, and, and not the judiciary. So interesting that what's happening here is that, you know, people are trying to misrepresent the role and function of the courts. How can we address this misunderstanding, right? Because there are clearly bad actors here that perhaps want to, you know, create this confusion intentionally. 
I think uh, a, a part of it stems from uh, well, of course, one can say that yeah, it's it's uh, those who are in the know, those who are in the position to uh, um, um, make decisions uh, on uh, the discontinuance. Um, they they acted um, irresponsibly by by not um, informing the public. You know that it's really. Uh, their decision rather than judiciaries. So this certainly wasn't helped uh, by whoever that issued the press statement on 5th of February uh, saying that, oh, the court has made the decision. Um, so that's one part. The other part is really the lack of public awareness and, and public education on uh, what the law is. Uh, that's that's something much more difficult. And I think that's where the Malaysian bar, um, as well as um, other those who are able to educate the public or make aware of uh, these nuances, they, they, they need to come out and they need to speak and communicate more with the public. Okay, related to the judi- judiciary, excuse me, the Malaysian Bar President has also called for judges to be compensated appropriately. As, as she said, there's been no salary review since 2015. How much of this has really hampered Malaysia's ability to then attract the best legal talent to be judges? <laughs> well, pay is always a sensitive uh, topic, you know, especially if you're going to discuss it um, over the radio. I, I, I suppose what I can say is that if we were to draw a comparison between um, how much judges are being paid in Singapore uh, and how much uh, um, legal practitioners, especially those who are senior, are being paid in the private sector, uh, yes, uh, compensation uh, should always be uh, re- the, the, compens- the compensation of judges should always be reviewed and, and kept competitive. Otherwise, it's the same like any industry. If you mm. don't have a competitive salary, you're not going to get uh, 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 people being attracted to to take on such positions. You see, and it is it is a very difficult position, and you would one. Whoever that's taking up such difficult uh, jobs with uh, very important uh, public function mm. to be uh, not just adequately but happily remunerated. So I, I think that's 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 all I can say on that matter. <laughs> Sinyu, let's turn our attention to the comments made by the Attorney General. Uh, He said that under the federal constitution, his office is not bound to furnish any reason to any parties for prosecutorial decisions. What do you make of these remarks? I mean, is this valid within the confines of the federal constitution and other laws? Uh, You know, the federal constitution doesn't say many things. It makes no mention of democracy. It doesn't say anything about separation of power, uh, check and balance. Uh, those words, those terms are not there. But you, you can't deny that these are principles which are enshrined in the constitution that the constitution seeks to protect. So no one will say that Malaysia is not a democracy because the, demo- uh, the word democracy is not mentioned in the federal constitution. And the danger of being literal about the federal constitution is one runs the risk of misinterpreting it. And the federal constitution was drafted on what I like to call a good check basis. That means that those who are in positions of power should be a good check and do the proper thing. I won't spell it out for you because you are expected to do the right thing. And the federal constitution 
in this context, does not say very much about what the public prosecutor should do or not do when pursuing a charge. It does not say that the uh, AG must furnish reasons. So in that sense, uh, the AG is correct. The AG does not provide reasons in most cases. But that being said, not bound to furnish reasons is not the same as you can act without reason. Mm -hmm. uh, the office of the AG is a public office and when cases of public interest and importance is uh, broad or discontinued, the AG should rightly communicate to the public such reasons. If you do not do so, the public would draw negative inferences. So anyway, to answer your question, the AG is not under duty to provide reasons, but when challenged, the AG cannot use the absence of such duty as an answer to why they chose not to prosecute or discontinue a particular mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. Which brings to light the importance of relooking at the governance right of the AG and also whether the AG and public prosecutor role has to be split. Uh, yes, and much of the criticism that we hear uh, whenever high-profile individuals have their case dropped uh, is that uh, this is lingering question, was there political interference? Mm. And, and so if you, if you separate the role of the AG uh, being the principal legal advisor of the government uh, and the role of the PP, uh, and also at the same time ensure that the uh, role of the public prosecutor is uh, um, independent and uh, the public prosecutor is independently appointed, uh, it, it could, at least in theory, prevent any political interference. And consequentially, the criticisms of political interference uh, would also uh, be less. So I think the government is currently looking at splitting those rule roles. It's certainly something the Malaysian Bar and, and, and many others uh, have advocated for for many, many years. Um, so that, that, I think, should be one of the uh, immediate and, and, and most important uh, policy and legislative uh, agenda uh, for the government. Sinyu, thanks so much for speaking to us. That was constitutional lawyer New Sinyu helping us understand some of the headlines that have come out of the opening of the legal year, including comments from the Chief Justice and the Attorney General, talking about reforms uh, that should be instituted to improve and strengthen, really, the judiciary in Malaysia. Well, if you if you recall, in August, actually, uh, the, at the time, the law minister, Dr. Sri Azalina Othman, actually made a commitment to do this proper study, which she said would be conducted within a one year before the separation can be finalised. Okay, but what is important to me is two things. One of which is that it's a reminder that no public office is above scrutiny, mm. right? That's, yes. that's the reality of any democracy, and that's why we have check and balance. Number two, just because it's not explicitly stated in the federal constitution doesn't mean that it can be done or not done. You know what I mean? You have to think about the principles in which we write these federal constitutions. That's right. And how you interpret it yeah. and convert it to law. And in a way, the federal constitution is a living, breathing document. It's not mm. static in, in, in terms of how we look at it. So... For me, public office, if you decide to take up that job, then yeah, you are subject to some check and balance. All right, we'll be following any developments on this space. Uh, it's 8.48 in the morning. Let's head into some messages, but we'll come back to discuss what the outcome of the Iowa caucus means for the U.S. presidential race. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.